everyone and welcome to the Girls in Movement podcast. We are officially on episode 16 today and we have a very exciting guest on the show. Um, so this individual is I suppose what the Girls in Movement podcast is all about, finding influencers who could tell a story to a group of girls in India for example or anywhere in the world and I suppose give them that confidence to do what they love or what they have an interest in. My guest has recently been shortlisted for Entrepreneur of the Year, which I hope she'll tell us a bit about. And that, of course, highlights women in business, but of course, diverse individuals as well. My guest has also worked with um, prolific fresh, uh, fashion brands such as Burberry, Harrods, ASOS, Urban Outfitters, uh, to name a few. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Am Gola. How are you, Am? I'm fine. Thank you, Polly. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I think girls in movement is such a great initiative um so yeah I'm, ha- I'm happy to kind of share my journey with you guys thank you very much I mean for everyone that's listening as well like like most conversations on this podcast I've not met Anne before I only know sort of snippets of her story so our conversation is completely kind of informal and 100% real which is of course the best kind of conversation um so yeah, so let's start off. Um, so you started in the creative industry at 22-ish, if I'm right, maybe earlier. So what was the start of your career like? Um, have you been born and raised here in the UK or, or how did it all start? Okay, so um, yep, I'm, you know, British Asian, born in West London. Um, my career, and edu- not my career, my education, I guess, started um, in West London. I went to the Green School and I then obviously went on to go into um I was always always a creative um young individual I knew I wanted to go into fashion and you know I did it I got into Central St Martins um at the time of applying I, I didn't realize how big they were um it's the top art university in the world um I guess where some of them currently were and Alexander McQueen um so it, it's quite recognized and it, you know it was an achievement within itself um getting in to um, Central St. Martins, and I then specialised in knitwear, in textiles knitwear, yeah. um, to be precise. Um, I then obviously finished my degree and thought, okay, what do I do now? Um, and I freelanced as a designer for a while and worked with um, a designer called J.W. Anderson for London Fashion Week, um, and I launched his first autumn winter um, line which was you know a great achievement within itself as well um, I then kind of realized okay doing um, being a freelancer is not going to make me enough money um, and I was kind of been a poor student for like about four years so I was like oh, okay what do I do next so I got my first job with a very small manufacturing business um, with a, cha- um, a gentleman called John Michael Ingram who was in his late 70s at the time so John had manufactured for household names worldwide he had the first fashion publication company called fashion forecast um he had guys and dolls in oxford street um and for me to be working with such a great man it was amazing he was almost like my mentor um and i guess i can call him my mentor yeah that's pretty amazing i mean 
obviously girls movement is all about mentoring for young girls i mean what was the importance of having someone like him as a mentor at that time of your life would you say i think being at such a young age in and you know in that career it was important because there was no one else to tell me okay this is how you got to do things and luckily enough whilst i was with him and i was learning the whole manufacturing process and how everything worked i also was being asked by my friends you know how do i sample this how do i manufacture this and that's how that business started for me at 22 um because i had the platform of him giving me knowledge and teaching me things and you know i had the opportunities of working with amazing household names like Harrods and Burberry and all the small boutiques and Notting Hill and you know I was so young and I was consulting these household names and I look back now I'm like wow did I really do that and I think at that time and at that age you don't you don't think about these things Mm. um and for me that was an amazing opportunity and you know I then kind of left him a year later and my manufacturing consultancy took off um and then I went on to launching my own men's knitwear brand called Angola, yeah. um, where we did an exclusive collection for ASOS um, at yeah. the time. And, you know, I, thinking back, I'm not actually sure if I was the first British Asian woman to do an exclusive collection with them. Um, but I think I possibly would. You know, I, that for me was such a great achievement as well um you know from being in uh, magazines like the vogue the daily telegraph um you know dressing people like david gandhi wow. and the skins at the time i remember we sent them pieces and they did a shoot with us um so you know we, i had some great times and i achieved and accomplished what i wanted at you know by 25 yeah. um you know with being a fashion designer and uh, stocking globally and you know I did that and I think for me that was an accomplishment and sometimes your journey changes in life and my journey did change um, you know sometimes things don't serve you anymore and you don't enjoy them and you kind of just got to make a decision and you got to keep moving forward and I think for me that's what I did um, I didn't enjoy the manufacturing business. Um, you know, I hit, I think it was before I was 30 and I decided, okay, I don't enjoy this anymore. Um, I was literally married to my job. I used to, you know, jump on a flight. Um, if I needed, if anything was in production, it was like, you know, no thought about it, jump on a flight, go stay in a factory for three months and go and oversee the production for, you know, the client's brands, which were going in either, places like TK Maxx, Joy, Topshop. Um, so, you know, I then kind of got quite ill um, at that age because I suffered from exhaustion. People think to be successful, you need to work 24 hours. And that is what my mindset was. I could not turn off. Uh, now, um, fast forward a few years later, I work maybe three hours, you know, power working with three hours max in my day wow okay and the rest is just work work and if I knew that back then you know I was it would be fine but the manufacturing wasn't serving me um after you know 28 29 I was exhausted I decided I didn't want to do this anymore so I continued consulting 
my journey somehow took me into PR um, where I kind of went on board to consult a, a company called Puffer Beauty, which was not fashion, but it was construction. <laughs> and I went, um, which is absolutely completely different. So I went on board and worked in their PR and media team. So my first six months there was consulting them to uh, go through a transformation of a rebrand, um, which I did. And then somehow I ended up becoming a business partner for the major project side of the business. And then um, in the media team for the major project side of the business. So that was amazing within itself because, you know, the projects that I looked after were things like the former Olympic Stadium. You know, Crossrail had just launched. So, you know, I, I did the Crossrail tunneling um, exhibition show with Crossrail for, for their first thing at the British Transport Museum. I launched the Duke of Edinburgh for Balfour Beauty. So, you know, where I went to St. James's Palace, we were awarded um certificate and um you know and i've had some great achievements with you know working with them and hs2 and working with apprenticeships and young individuals and and that journey you know i was there for about three years and it was time to move on because i think for me one it was a lot of time i'd worked for anyone in my life yeah. um i also realized you know i i feel like there's more to me than just being here and doing this and, you know, I had personal mishaps in my life where I had no responsibility. And I thought, well, I'm not being true to myself. This is a great journey. Um, I've had the great experience I've had. I, you know, studied at the same time to become a practitioner. So I had a lot of knowledge in, you know, creativity and PR and business and branding. And it was like, okay, I'm going to kind of go back to consulting. Um, and I had this new uh, platform of uh, public relations now so when I was going in to see clients it was like um, we want this and it was offering the PR platform as well as consulting them with their business and their brand and then somehow my PR agency formed <laughs> and it then got turned into a business right. so abstract PR got formed less than a year ago and it, it's just been amazing um, it's been an amazing journey it's been very purposeful in terms of the clients that we look after. Um, obviously, being British Asian, diversity to me is very important. And I attracted a lot of diverse clients um, that had a purpose, that were passionate about their business, their brand, or whatever they did. And, you know, all of the guys that I work with, I shouldn't say guys, but, you know, people or businesses or brands, they're all impactful individuals making change. And to help leverage them further, it just, you know, it pleases me. And that's what abstract PR is about. Um, and, you know, it, for me, that's what where we are at now, I guess. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think what's really nice about it as well is that you did something that you're passionate about when you were um, obviously um, kind of at university and, and going at 22 and starting your own business within fashion. But when you're younger you feel like okay I've picked this path I have to stick to it for the rest of my life and I think what I love about kind of um, within the UK now anyway I was reading an article about how the kind of standard job of like a profession like an accountant lawyer or whatever else is is slowly kind of dying away because a lot of individuals when they're younger they think I can do stuff on the side I can do what I love as well as have a, a day job as well so it's really cool that you kind of, you had that experience, you realized, oh, okay, do you know what? I'm not going to work myself into the ground. Let me go into 
it's weird to go from to do it that way to go from your own sort of I suppose like a startup I suppose and then go into a corporate world um because they're so mm. they're worlds apart um but actually a lot of the same skills are needed um kind of hustling your way up and I think corporate people love that as well um because obviously what you used in yeah. your, your fashion brand um it's it's not as relevant within the industry but it's the same principles um when you're doing any sort of business really so with um abstract pr is that something that you're doing full-time at the moment um yeah so it's abstract pr is a, a full-time pr agency Great. and um we have about eight employees wow. and we've been going for less than one year and we look after you know public figures as i mentioned um who are business leaders um multi-millionaire business leaders um property educators um as well as small startup businesses or that you know want to start launching and you know they all have a mission uh, to accomplish yeah. and they are all such impactful individuals who have a purpose of doing what they're doing um and i think that's what abstract pr is about we're about being versatile we're about being real and working with real people um so you know for example if it's someone that's a reality tv star that just wants to become famous overnight you know i wouldn't work because i wouldn't know what to sell them you know it's easy to put someone in front of a tv but when there's no purpose um, and change to make you know we have our values as well um, and I think that's what is also important um, that we follow those and we're true to ourselves and we're also true to our clients um, and you know there's three things about abstract PR um, it's about one the people the businesses that we look after and following those values two it's about me mentoring and taking on individuals um that haven't had the chance to get into the industry and it's me providing that platform and i give them at least 60 hours um a a month um on -on one-on-one to give knowledge because for me it's about creating them into experts in their area of field and it's about creating leaders and not needers um and you know that's what one of the things my mentor taught me um you know I've been working with a mentor for about a year now and his name is and he's a multi-millionaire business leader someone that's experienced and gone through all of the businesses and the strategies in you know it's about me kind of also giving that back if I was given the opportunity at such a young age why can't I provide that back? Where am I going to take that? You know, we're all born into this world, but what what's going to happen, like, after we leave? Do, you know, do we just, like, just take it with us? No, it's also about creating a legacy um, and making that change for the new generation, which is important. Yeah, completely. Um, you know, like, and it's important to also create women leaders as well, and, you know, especially in the British Asian community. Yeah, definitely. I mean, moving on to that point, actually, you've led me into my next question on very nicely. Um, I found out you were actually part (laughs) of uh, the BBC Asian Network campaign celebrating kind of 100 years since women were allowed to vote. So for for you, what has it been like being, firstly, how was the campaign? Tell us about that. Um, I think that campaign is so important. I mean, 
wow, you know, it's been a hundred years um, that women could vote, but there is so much still to be done. Um, but women have such a long way. Part of that campaign, I'm really grateful that my voice heard, and you know, I could kind of give my feedback. It's not my feedback. It's provide what is needed from my perspective in terms of there needs to be more women leaders yeah um and especially in the british asian community i mean yes you do have a few british asian leaders like you've got pretty gill now who's an mp you've got um you know sadiq khan um as well but there needs to be more in all the different types of industry industries there are you know i had the opportunity to interview manny coley who you know is a woman has been in the fashion street for over 40 years and you know we spoke about her journey of how it was when she started and her journey started off with going to women's houses and showing them clothes and selling them clothes to then opening her first boutique in 1985 and you know those times have changed so she's such an amazing phenomenal woman who i believe has opened up a you know a pathway for um the british fashion industry um as designers as well um yeah so i mean that that's that's great that you obviously i i briefly know about kind of uh manny coley and her work but it's really cool that obviously that's her background and how how she first started out so in terms of um What's it been like, would you say, obviously being an Asian woman within the creative industry when you were working doing that? Would you say it was, was it challenging? Was it an issue or, or did you face any issues? Oh, always. Um, I think one of the issues I think I faced was being so young. And, you know, it, when you're on email or on phone to a factory or to suppliers or whoever they they don't know your age they just assume because I had so much experience and knowledge in such a short space of time um I understood where my my focus and my my vision was and I knew what I wanted and for them they thought I was a lot older and you know they'd meet me and be like how old are you and that I think was a bit of a put down because you know it doesn't matter how old you are it's the knowledge you know you have um and you know I mean I still face it every single day sometimes you know I had to go to an important event um a few weeks ago and I was in a room full of white alpha males and I was probably one of three women and one being Asian and the other obviously being English and another another lady who was of Asian origin as well but you know if I wasn't taken as seriously as the non-Asian woman Um, and I think there is still an impact of that today Um, you know things might be changing but you know there are always challenges that you're going to still face and sometimes there are going to be men that look at you and kind of be like well you're you're brown and you're a woman what do you know (laughs) and I still feel that there is that and I, and I think I uh, couldn't agree with you more because on sort of, I mean, we're in the world of where we see on our social media, we follow uh, kind of, we follow people that we want to follow. So we live in a world where when we scroll through our Twitter feed or Instagram feed, we're like, yeah, women, women votes and women rights. And, 
and people are kind of celebrating that especially since kind of the past year which I think is way too late but when you come out of that sort of social bubble and you go into real kind of the real world and in the sort of corporate world I always find it's like you are surrounded by alpha males 24 7 and and it's alpha white males, I suppose. But it definitely needs to change. I think corporate companies more are trying to hire that individual who can take part, kind of take control of that corporate social responsibility and have female kind of leaders within the company as well. But I still think it happens yeah. too slowly. Like it's, yeah, it, it needs to change quickly. Yeah, like there is a lot more to be done still. And, you know, we need to be recognised a lot more for the work the knowledge the experience that we have yeah um and it's important for sure yeah i couldn't agree more it's it's um it was interesting i had a, a guest on my show a while ago who was talking about um mentors don't necessarily have to be someone who's older um she actually works with a a kind of she mentors different people and she said what she started doing is actually having uh mentoring kind of younger children and actually a 16 year old can mentor another 16 year old um and I think that's a really nice idea like okay fair enough you don't have that kind of years of knowledge that you can kind of tell someone but having a similar sort of experience in that generation and stuff is it's also quite important I I think people fail to remember that a mentor can be of any age and can tell you anything um at any time of their life uh, which is is really important as well yeah and I think especially like learning from older people that have had the experience is so amazing as well you know sometimes we take advantage of um the older generation but they're the ones with the knowledge. They're the ones that have gone through life. They're the ones that have gone through the experience. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's such an amazing thing. Like, you know, I'm such a huge humanitarian where I, I've gone out to South India for two months and I've gone in and, you know, men, done women empowerment programs and child development to teach younger children. Wow. And it's just, you know, it's an amazing thing to do. And, you know, why not share this knowledge with people? Yeah. And I think especially today women need to support women and I mean there's a lot of women empowerment things going on at the moment and I think it's fantastic um but I I do think there needs to be more support going on because I also do see a lot of competition at the same time um which is sad um but yeah I think we should all just support each other you know there's enough for everyone in the world yeah completely I couldn't agree with you more and and obviously the the work that you kind of did in South India we briefly spoke about it before we started the call but it seems like it's something that you want to kind of take further so what's the sort of plans in 2018 in terms of kind of uh, mentoring you have something like a a oh wow um so yeah there's there's lots happening actually um so I am where so myself and my business partner are launching a roadshow um where we have a program which has been um recognized and approved by the British Chamber of Commerce um which we will be delivering um as I guess inspiring women um and it's about basically providing a platform to educate people I guess women that have is not singled out so if men obviously want to come to it you know that's completely fine Um, but it's about helping them to achieve and start a business or whether they're already in business to grow further Um, because 
I know when I was growing up, you know, my dad had a business, but he didn't know anything about manufacturing. And you need sometimes to have that knowledge of someone that's already been there and done that. And you need that guidance. Like in school, no one teaches you about how to start a business or whether your own business, how to take it to the next level. And we've provided, we've got modules which we'll be providing. And so that's going to be happening this year, which is really, really exciting. Um, And I think it's just, you know, it's going to impact a lot of women and it's going to just help make that change. And it's just supporting them, really. So I'm really excited about that. Um, And that's really cool. I think as well, it's it's been recognised by the British Chambers of Commerce because we recognise that obviously, well, I think they see it as a way to influence uh, female individuals within the UK and giving people like yourselves a platform to inspire women talk to them um and yeah just be just be a bit more influential really and i think that's that's really important so it's, it's cool it's really cool and definitely we'll put the details of of the dates when they're finalized oh thank you so people can kind of uh, join etc um so yeah i mean the one question that i always ask all my guests is if you could give your younger self any advice what would it be Ooh. <laughs> get a mentor (laughs) I think it would be get a mentor I have a mentor um you know I've had a mentor in the last year and the change that has happened in achieving and accomplishing my goals in such a short space of time has been amazing you know abstract PR has only been around for less than a year where you know we've confirmed TEDx about four TEDx talks this year already and we're only at the beginning of Feb or mid-Feb and uh, you know we've been recognized um with becoming a media partner with the business show in may um which is the uk's biggest business trade show and we've worked alongside you know the bbc and other media platforms as well so i think having a mentor and just guiding you further is always going to help you you know I mean when you're in big corporate companies and there's a CEO he's got about 10 advisors yeah everyone has mentors Richard Branson has a men like a mentor or advisor and you know it's about learning it's always about continuing education and learning because no one can take that away from you yeah completely and I couldn't agree more especially when you're building a business you've got to constantly keep learning and adjusting the ways that you're working because I think the speed that our kind of uh the speed that businesses are changing technology is changing i think you've got to make sure especially small businesses don't fall behind um and yeah they've got to keep yeah um amazing well i mean final points i think one of the main things i would say is just get focused and don't let anyone take you off that path great and you have a mission to achieve just there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come and they're going to kind of like oh let's you know take you off that route Mm. but if you're focused and you've got a mentor like no one can take that away from you yeah that's really good yeah it's it's an interesting point as well because having that focus on one thing I think sometimes when you have not necessarily older people but more experienced people telling you um, kind of okay take it in this direction and change what you're doing you, sometimes you kind of get a bit blurred because you're like okay they must know what they're yeah. doing because they've got so much experience but actually you've got to stick to what your gut's telling you and you've got to yeah, put your foot down sometimes yeah I think it's being true to yourself because yeah. 
there's always going to be people saying oh why didn't you do it this way why didn't you do it that way but you've got to be true to your own values um otherwise you know it won't align and you know you might be going in a direction that you don't want to go in and you're going via someone else's values and what they feel which is not really fulfilling your purpose to be quite honest yeah no completely yeah well, thank you so much, Anne, for a, um, a really good podcast. Um, it's been really kind of insightful to find out about kind of your complete switch, which I never knew about, of kind of going from fashion to corporate and now obviously into PR as well. So, yeah, that's is such a great story. Um, yeah, you should be very proud of everything you've achieved so far. 2018 seems very exciting. So, uh, yeah, definitely can't wait to keep up with that. So, yeah, everyone, thank you so much uh, for listening, of course. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me as well. Yeah, no worries, any time. Um, what we'll do is we'll put all of uh, Am's details of Abstract PR, um, of course, any sh- uh, kind of roadshows that are coming up, we'll put all the social details. Um, we are live on iTunes, so you can, of course, download this as a podcast as well. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Am, and stay tuned. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.